Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Simon Ricketts is a journalist. He's 48, rather handsome, and has an amazing way with words. He's also terminally ill. The cancer that started in one of his kidneys has now spread to, as Simon puts it, my stomach and my pancreas, and dotted elsewhere hanging around inside of me like violent gangs at a series of darkened bus stops. When I read about his prognosis on Tumblr, I wondered if he'd take part in this series, so I reached out. His reply... I would be interested, but I do wonder if I'd be right for it. The reason being, I don't think I have any regrets. I couldn't quite get my head around that, especially given how young he was. This is our last episode, so I thought we'd look at the flip side of having regrets. Having none. I'm Georgina Skull, and you're listening to Regrets of the Dying. Yeah, it's funny, I, I've thought about this question, i thought about what I regret. These kind of things come to you when you obviously start to take account of your life and account of your, you know, transactions in life, if you like. And I can honestly say I don't regret anything. I really don't. Regret, for me, suggests something that you you wish you hadn't done, and because you wish you hadn't done it, it kind of lives with you and and sort of colours your your life. Something that you may. You may think it's kind of, you know, hung around for a long time. I don't have any of those things. I don't. You know, I believe everything that you do is, is, is part of who you are. And as long as you feel like you did whatever you did for the right reasons and for the, the proper reasons, for good reasons or for at least positive reasons, then I, I don't regret anything. And I, I, I probably am unusual or odd in that in that belief. But, you know... I mean, you, you regret things that you did, supposedly, but not things that happened. Because you could easily regret, I could obviously easily regret having cancer, but I don't regret anything I did. Uh, because I like to think that everything I did, if it turned out bad or if I managed to hurt somebody or upset somebody because of it, I either had to do that or I've redressed the hurt. I've apologised or I've you know, made amends in some ways, you know. And I don't, I, I don't think I can ever think of a time when I've done a bad thing to somebody on purpose. You know, I, I never really have. I, I've done bad things or or things that are seen as bad, but they, they came from a reason at that time, that context. And, you know, any, any mistakes I've made, I, I've tried to redress them, either, you know, apologies or some sort of, you know, repentant I guess is true at that time but I don't hold regrets with me I don't hold them at all I don't you know there's a there's a there's a phrase in Italian art 
pentimento, which I, I, I found out about a while back, and it's an interesting phrase. It's an, it means an alteration to a painting. Some of these old paintings that you that they examine and go through the layers of and find um, previous sketches or previous marks, previous previous paintings underneath, or even the same painting but an alteration. And they only find these by going through the layers of that painting, you know, with the technology they've got these days. And it, it struck me when I was reading about this, it struck me that, that we're all kind of like paintings in the sense that the finished article can always change and we we grow and, and, and alter as time goes on. And we may improve parts of ourselves, we may, you know, not improve parts of ourselves, but we are always changing as people and, and therefore... Regret for me is not something that I hold on to. I change when I can, as I can, to the circumstances that I'm in. But, uh, yeah, the Italian word interested me because it, it comes from, from, from the word for repentance. And you repent at your, you know, you repent your errors or your mistakes there and then. You know, I'm not religious, but, you know, there's very much to be said about this kind of confessional thing you, you you face up to the things you've done wrong there and then and you you know you go forward from that and you maybe have a mark on you as a painting or you maybe have a scar but you move forward and and one of the worst things about having a, a prognosis of terminal cancer or any kind of fatal terminal disease in my opinion or in my experience is is knowing that you're going to have to tell people you know that lady told me the doctor told me and that's it i'm one person but there are you know scores of people who love me and care for me and i was going to have to tell them and i was going to have to look them in the eye and tell them my mother my brother obviously my girlfriend was there at the time and 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 i was worried how she would react i'd actually warned her beforehand if the news is bad please try not to kind of burst into tears or because i'm a very factual kind of person i wanted to know how long i got how it was going to kill me you know what the kind of what the next steps were it felt like I was my whole body was being filled with concrete from the from the feet upwards you know I was sat on a chair there was a a doctor in front of me and a Macmillan nurse there which gave me a clue that the news was going to be bad and my girlfriend was there writing down any notes and my immediate feeling was just of utter paralysis but I if I'm honest I had kind of expected it or I had kind of feared that the cancer would not go away and that it was back and that it was bad but the thing that strikes you immediately is that I've got to tell people this and they are going to be upset and I'm going to I'm going to be responsible for making people cry and I hate to make people sad and I hate to make people feel upset and I just thought of you know, the people I was going to have to tell the weird part of my current situation is that when I was younger when I got old enough to sort of 10 or 11 12 um well, when you when you're a young person, you do get obsessed by death. I think you know, as a as a as a child, people and things dying often is intriguing because it seems so alien to you. You know, you you're you're young, you've just got life, you understand very little in the sense of mortality. But then, whether it's a a character in a play or a book or a film that dies, you become slightly obsessed with that and. I wouldn't say I was obsessed, but death early on in my life was kind of intriguing. But when I got to an age, teenage, I was convinced I was going to die before I was 40. I had I had strange feelings of, I don't know, a, a premonition or whatever. It's one of the reasons I didn't, um, I didn't learn to drive 
straight away because I was convinced that uh, it could probably end up with me having a fatal car crash. Now, I wasn't morbid or, you know, obsessed with it. What I mean, I was I was just convinced that I wasn't going to make old bones. I kind of sometimes panic about time running out, but then that initial burst of, oh, my God, I'm going to die, that comes early on, in, or it did with me. And I kind of run on, on two, in my mind, I run on two tracks. One of them says I've got six months to live, so I've got to enjoy what I'm doing and be prepared for the fact that I could be gone in six months. The other track in my mind is that I will go on for a bit longer than they expect, maybe two years, three years, I don't know. So what you do there is I budget in my head, if you like, for both occurrences. But what I don't do is worry about missing something. You know, it could be easy for me to say, you know, I'd love to see my niece who's 12. I'd love to see my niece get married or, you know, or I'd love to see something happen or I'd love to you, know, you can't do that yeah you know? and one of the things that, that this kind of diagnosis does is it makes you just enjoy what you have what you've had and what you're having every day what you're breathing you know I, I, I made it I make a joke about it but I can just breathe in now and I can breathe out and that is a miracle that you can do that you are a growing living human thing and you do it gets a bit existential but you do find yourself just marvelling at the fact you're even here, marvelling at the the world around you, particularly for me, nature and animals and plants, and and also just being grateful for that. But also, there's you do get every now and then you get a jolt. You might wake up in the night, or you might be drifting off day, daydreaming during the day, and then suddenly you realise or you remember, and it comes back with a, a fairly sharp jolt that you know you're dying, you have terminal cancer, and you won't be around for a long time. But that knowledge is, is in, in a weird way liberating because so many of us don't know that we're going to die or that we don't know when or we don't have any kind of inkling that we could be dead in the morning. And so once you've faced up to the fact that we're all dying and we're all, you know, have a finite time, you know, it's, it is, there's a liberation to it. And you can say things you want to a bit more and you can do things that you want to a bit more and people can say things to you that they want to because they know the context. They know, they know that... Time's limited, but time's limited for everybody. But, you know, when you get a little bit of a deadline, or even if it's a a fairly woolly deadline, then you start to prioritise a bit more. I'm happy. I have a very happy life. I'm a very lucky man. And I, I consider myself incredibly privileged to just even, you know, have that life. So I don't know if I've done anything differently because I wouldn't be where I am now. I My first thought was... I could have tried harder at school. I was very, I was reasonably talented at school and could pretty much pass what I wanted to, but I was lazy. But then, so I didn't go to university. Um, but then if I had gone to university, maybe my life would have gone in a different direction. I'm quite proud of the fact that I went and did what you would consider proper jobs, milkman, postman, that kind of thing, before I got into journalism. So I had some real life experience and I, I don't regret that. I wouldn't have done that differently. I wouldn't have done my personal life differently massively I mean obviously I have relationships that haven't worked out and they're regrettable in the sense that well, regrettable is back to that word again but that's just how it happens you know you, we all have a CV at our age we've we've had previous relationships I don't I don't wish any different on those relationships um, because I'm very happy in the one I've got now and if I hadn't had the previous relationships I had maybe I wouldn't be with the person I'm with now there's no kind of secret to having no regrets but I do think that you should correct your mistakes 
And I think you have to accept your weaknesses. Know that you do things sometimes that aren't the way that other people want them to be done. Whether you change them or not, that's up to you. But for me, accept the things you're weak at and, and, and try to learn to live with them and try to, it's an old cliche as well, but try to own them. Try to be, don't, don't deny that you're bad at something. Just, just accept it and try to either be better at it or just accept that you're bad at it and make allowances for the fact you're bad at it and try to explain, explain that to others. You know, I mean, knowing yourself, I think, is an incredibly important part of life anyway. And it takes time and it takes age to get to know yourself. You know, all this kind of... You, you start out being a person that you think you should be. You sometimes try and be a person that you, you think others want you to be. And you can often be somebody that isn't really you. So I think knowing yourself, knowing what you enjoy, what turns you on, what makes you go, what, you know, what, what gets your heart beating... That's important, and and I would always, you know, I would suggest that to anyone is to try and understand, you know, write down what you're good and bad at, what you like, what you don't like, what you what you don't like about yourself, what you like about yourself, and and just accept it because we're all we're all flawed, aren't we? We're all weird little blobs of flesh that that kind of make errors, you know, and and that's really it. I mean, the other thing about having no regrets is to try and obviously live a an error-free life which you can't do so but my overriding thought is to try always to be kind try to be kind to people it's so much easier than being nasty well actually it's not easier it's harder it's harder to be kind to somebody but it's better you know being nasty to people for no reason for no provocation for no motive being nasty for me it seems like that's a, a rusty way of living and it's not for me at all uh you know yeah there are times when you want to shout at somebody who's cut you up on the road or 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 been impolite to you in work or something but you know go harder if you go harder at being nice you re- I, I find it makes my life so much happier because I, you know I treat it very much like a bank account I've always said this you know life is if you like a karma bank account and if you pay in more than you take out then then really you know you can have a much happier night's sleep than if you're forever being nasty or forever trying to do somebody down or trying to misbehave or, or put one over on someone. Oh, what a life. I couldn't, I couldn't face it. I suppose if I was asked, uh, if I wished to be remembered in a certain way, I, I suppose just fondly, just with kindness, you know, as someone who paid in more than they took out in the, in the bank account, if you like, of life. And, yeah, and someone who's, who's loved and someone who has been loved someone who is loved I think love is a very important thing in people's lives and whether it's family love or or, you know relationship love or even just love friendship love I think love is very important and and the feeling of contributing to others happiness and not just happiness contributing to their you know their, their kind of sense of being connected to you that's all really all that life to me is about is the connections you make with people and the you know the happiness you bring but also the strength and support you bring and the you know the feeling of being someone worthwhile in somebody's life it's a nice feeling i don't think there's a secret to life i think you the secret to life is you're lucky to have it and you know life is for living if you like in in a, a very straightforward way but yeah it, it, life is life is an incredible thing uh, whether it's a human life or a plant or an animal's life it's an incredible thing this is a living being we are living beings and it 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 blows my mind even now never mind 
before we get into talking about universes and galaxies. There's no great reason, there's no huge goal, there's no secret, uh, as much as I think some people would like there to be. You're, you're a blob of flesh that's been given the privilege of being here by, by the most ridiculously long odds ever, you know, that your parents met and reproduced and their parents met and reproduced and their parents met and reproduced and didn't get killed or get diseases or any of those things. You know, the odds stack up, you know, only two or three generations back and you're talking thousands and thousands of uh, to one that you sh- you're even here and you're given the privilege of breathing air and looking at the sky and, and just being a human being. I mean, I think that the point is to enjoy it as much as you can and some people find that difficult and some people's circumstances find it difficult but as somebody who's as lucky as me then I'm going to make sure, I'm going to make damn sure I enjoy it because I've been given... I've been given a great present and I'm going to make sure it, you know, I'm going to enjoy it. I mean, that's really, really it. Enjoy your life. Try to, in, try to make it something that others enjoy as well. And try to make them enjoy their lives. If you can help other people enjoy themselves, even if it's just while you're having lunch with them. For me, that's what it's about. Well, this is my final goodbye. I hope you've enjoyed listening. To be honest, this series has taken me much longer to make than I'd ever imagined, and I can't remember the last time I felt so emotional. But when I think back to what everyone has told me, I don't think it's possible to get to the end of your life without some regret. It may be the fact that you've never got to travel, or you weren't as successful as you'd hoped, or your life didn't turn out how you imagined it would. Maybe you weren't as brilliant, tall, slim, smart, rich or popular as you thought you'd be. Or maybe you just felt like you were too busy, too caught up in the day-to-day to to make the most of things. In the end, maybe we all regret. But maybe some of us manage to move on and be pragmatic about the things we can't change. And others hold on to those things close and don't let go. Maybe they can't, and maybe that's fine too. It's strange... The one thing I'm personally petrified of is regretting my lack of career. The years of writing and working without much to show for it. But everyone I've met, whether they were featured in this programme or just gave me their passing comment, had one thing in common. Their regrets weren't about work or travel or even money. They were about family and love. In fact, it was always love. So... Maybe all we can do is live well, but don't try and live too perfectly. To take chances as they arrive and not to put things off. To make the most of it, but know that you can't live each day as if it were your last because that would be exhausting. And most of all, to remember that in the end, when we've lived our lives and our number is up, it's the little things that stay with us. The chances we've taken the people we've loved, and the moments we've shared. You've been listening to Regrets of the Dying. As always, if you've liked this programme, then please subscribe and rate it on iTunes or the Acast app. The more positive reviews we get, the easier it will be for other people to find us. You can also follow Simon Ricketts on Twitter, Tumblr or Facebook. Like I said, he really has a way with words. Being our final episode, there'll be no next time this week. Just a big thank you for joining me. 
I've really appreciated your company and your time. I know it's precious. This was a proper podcast with support from Acast. Goodbye. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 